Hi everybody, welcome to the Women's Dating and Confidence Podcast. My name is Amber and today I have a very special episode for you. One of my clients who was in my group coaching program came on to share how this experience changed her confidence and the way that she dates from feeling like single was a flaw and feeling really insecure about being single and thinking something had gone wrong to having more fun, being able to speak up and guide connections, being able to create dates more consistently and enjoy those dates. And we get into a lot of things in this episode. So stay tuned for that. And I also wanted to share with you that I'm now enrolling for my group and one-on-one coaching program from Dating to Exclusive. And you'll hear us talk a little bit about it in this episode, but basically it's a four-month coaching program. So basically we'll be working together the entire summer. We'll meet every week in a small group. I'll be guiding you through the curriculum that I created for dating. This is also an opportunity for you to ask any questions and receive coaching. We'll also have one-on-one coaching sessions every month because that's just something that I wasn't ready to let go of when I changed to group coaching because I do want to make it a really tailored and personalized program and I wanted to make sure that I know everybody really well in the group and that I understand you and what is needed for your growth and to create the results that you want. So we have the small groups and we have one-on-one coaching. Then we have the curriculum, which is with the workbook that I created, which is brand new, and the online course that comes along with the program. So those are kind of the logistics of the program. And really what this program is, is a dating reset So if you have been struggling in dating, if dating's not working out the way that you want it to, if you're not feeling as confident as you want to, if you're not having as much fun as you want to, if you feel like you keep ending up in relationships that don't serve you or are casual when you don't want them to be casual, there is a different way to date that creates a different experience and different results. So in the four months, I teach you that way to date. So if you want to learn this different way to date, you don't have to guess. You don't have to piece it together yourself. You don't have to use trial and error. I'm like that kid in school where you can just copy my homework. (laughs) I already did the homework. I bound it up into a book and I'll send it to you. (laughs) So um, anyways, enrollment's open link in the show notes of this episode, or you can go to ambergrubman.com forward slash coaching for more information. All right, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Women's Dating and Confidence Podcast. I'm so excited to have you on. I I am so excited for you to share all of your insights that you've been learning over the past several months um, from our one-on-one coaching and the group coaching. And I feel like some of these topics are things that I've dabbled in on the podcast before, but we haven't really gone into depth on these topics. So I'm so glad that you're here to share all of your insight around it. Thanks for being here. 
Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on the podcast, especially something that I've listened to for quite some time. And just the past several months have been such a vibrant, like self-development journey. And um, I'm just really excited to share all the little pearls of wisdom that I've picked up from you. (laughs) Awesome. So let's start a little bit with where you began. So tell me a little bit about your dating history and what ultimately led you to Um, wanting to do coaching? Yeah. So at the time of reaching out to you, I had just started dating um, a mutual friend where um, it was one of those situations where, you know, essentially I I now know it as kind of the the girlfriend privileges type of relationship where, um, you know, very early on, we kind of started spending a lot of time together. Um, He lived out of town. So he ended up kind of staying at my place when he was in town and um, sort of overwatering the plant, I think, in uh, in hindsight. But, you know, in general, the my my sort of dating history had been a lot of sort of micro and macro quitting in the past. And, Um, kind of the place that I was coming to you in terms of wanting to better myself as a dater was coming very much from this place of thinking that something had gone wrong. Um, You know, thinking that in my situation, um, you know, there's, there's something in the past where the the train had just gone off the tracks and there, there was something wrong that I needed to fix. um, And that I was coming to you to kind of fix me. Um, And so, you know, in particular, when I think about kind of the friends that I was around and and sort of my view on dating, in particular, a lot of my friends were at the stages of they're getting married, they're having kids, and I kind of had this feeling of falling behind and that something had gone terribly wrong to kind of be at this point. Mm, Yeah, and I feel like that's something that a lot of people can relate to. And it's really interesting because we can have that feeling at any stage of the process. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, even I remember in high school feeling like something was wrong with me because my friends had boyfriends and I didn't. Um, And then it can just continue at different stages in our life for different things. But especially if people are starting to settle down, get married, it can really reinforce that idea that something has gone wrong with us if we haven't created that experience for ourselves yet. (laughs) I I would definitely say that when I kind of looked at my life, my singleness, I kind of just saw it as like this huge character flaw of mine where there were so many great things going on in my life, whether it was, you know, my career was thriving. I had a great group of friends. I had traveled the world. Like I had so many hobbies and that my flaw, like my biggest character flaw was my singleness. And that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I think about macro and micro quitting, I can definitely figure out now why I took that approach in the sense of, I would urgently be like, I need to fix this. I'm going to make dating my priority and would kind of go, um, you know, to an extreme in terms of setting up dates and going on three to four dates a week and sort of burning myself out and then saying, okay, this isn't working. I'm going to quit. Um, and, and taking, you know, months off at times. And, you know, what I think about it in terms of where I was, was kind of believing that volume would fix the problem in terms of, oh, I, if I just work hard, if I just date a lot more, I I can fix this. Um, And I think in hindsight, just two things that I would kind of take away from that is just, I needed to do the mindset work in terms of, Mm -hmm. I was definitely approaching dating sort of in an upstream, sort of swimming upstream in an uphill battle. Mm -hmm. And then 
second, I, I kind of lacked this sort of day-to-day -day tools in terms of navigating data and whether that was, you know, setting up dates or speaking up for myself or, you know, not doing the girlfriend audition type of things and, and kind of, um, you know, needing to improve sort of on those two levels. Yeah. And, you know, that makes me think of this quote I actually just heard recently. It's kind of a joke um, for it's like sex advice for men. If it's not working, <laughs> don't do it harder. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so I feel like that is a, the approach that a lot of people take in dating where it's not working. Like your approach isn't working. The game playing isn't working. The burning yourself out with a bunch of dates is not working. The, just the approach you've been taking or the tools you've been using are not working for you to create the result that you want. So we think like, okay, I just have to work really hard then. Like I just have to do that mm -hmm. times 10, but we just need to change our approach in general. So I know that we'll talk a little bit more about like the specifics of how you changed your mindset and changed your approach. Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit more about this idea of like something has gone wrong and then um, what changed. So I know the question was, I think I asked you at some point, what if nothing's gone wrong? <laughs> Which is like the most annoying question ever. <laughs> um, but what did that bring up for you? I remember being shocked at the question. I'm like, of course something has gone wrong. Like, what do you mean? I'm single. I'm 32. And I remember just kind of talking through that concept with you. And you're like, it's perfectly normal if you're 32 and haven't found your life partner. Um, and I think, you know, there are a few things that helped me work through that concept. And I'd say one of the biggest things that really helped was being in the group coaching sessions with you. Um, as you mentioned, I kind of went from like a one-on-one -on -one, um, client to the group coaching. And it was interesting because I could so easily apply that concept to others because here was this group of, you know, like eight to 10, like funny, vibrant, confident, like beautiful women. And I could so easily think like nothing's gone wrong with that, mm -hmm. you know? And I, something clicked where I was like, why can I apply that concept to others, but not necessarily to myself? Um, and I, I think that was where I had that turning point where I kind of realized that it was a story that I had just at some point picked up and believed so much or, or thought so much that it became just a belief and a fact. Like it was kind of this irrefutable, some, you know, the train is off the tracks. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I definitely think just being in that group and seeing, you know, again, like these women that I so admired and, and thought were so funny and confident and great, um, that I could kind of accept that nothing has gone wrong. And, you know, um, this is just kind of part of my dating history and my dating process. And I think the future led to me picking up a lot of tools and a lot of um, mindset shifts that ultimately helped, but kind of understanding that nothing had gone wrong up to that point um, was really helpful just in terms of sort of resetting my view on dating moving forward. Yeah. And so, from that place, we started to focus more on making dating more fun and enjoyable. Um, and like you said, vibrant. So what did it look like to start to view dating as something that could be fun instead of this thing that you have to fix with urgency? 
Yeah. So I think definitely from the top down, just saying, you know, dating can bring a source of joy. It's not something that I, that I need to fix or view with like this gravity or seriousness or furrowed brow. And that instead, you know, one of the, my favorite things that you ever told me to do was, Hey, your only goal on this date is to have fun. And I remember that being mind blowing. I'm like, (laughs) Oh, I don't have to like sit there and analyze what he said. And what does that mean? And what does that mean in terms of his values? And, you know, I would often kind of go, go on dates and have these two streams of consciousness where the first one was very much the girlfriend audition and like, you know, being my peak self and, and trying to make the best impression. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but number two, having this stream of consciousness where I was kind of subconsciously making pro and con list of everything that the person <laughs> said. Um, and another piece of great, great advice that you had told me was never decide on the date. Like don't spend the date trying to decide whether or not you want to continue dating this guy. Like just be present on the date, have fun. Um, and then afterwards you can kind of reflect on how you felt and whether or not you want to continue. Um, and so just that reminder of I'm going on this date to have fun. Like I'm going because this is like a life giving experience. This is vibrant. Like I've met kind of a whole spectrum of various men over the past several months and, um, you know, whether or not the experience was ultimately like fruitful in terms of more dates. Um, it was you know, I can definitely look back on the past several months and like some of the highlights of life experiences has been some of the dates that I've been on. Yeah. Um, did you ever watch The Office? I did. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember that episode where they had the new boss and there was a list and it was like some names on one side and some names on another, but they had no idea what either side meant. Like that's what I imagine. Like you just have this paper and it's like two lists, but the guy has no idea. Like, was that good? Was was that the pro? Was that the con? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so that brings up an important point as well around feeling based dating instead of paper based, because definitely when we started working together, um, which is something that comes up a lot with women in general, is a lot of women are not focused on the five elements and not focused on how the five elements feel. They're focused on some list that they created at some point about what they think they need in order to be happy with somebody. Mm-hmm. And it even shows up in friendships. Like for me, I shared with some friendships with some of my friends here um, about somebody knew that I was dating and they instantly were like, okay, so what are his stats? I was like, what? (laughs) um, They started asking like, what's his job? Where does he live? Does he have a car? Blah, 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 blah. And it was just interesting because I noticed that those weren't the first things that I shared, although they are like important or they matter. But the first things that I was sharing were how amazing I felt and how fun it was and like how I was feeling with this person and the experiences that we were having. Um, So tell me a little bit about that transition from paper-based dating to feeling-based dating and five elements-based dating for you. Yeah, I I think that shift, you know, it definitely helped in terms of the plant metaphor that you so often use where you would talk about, you know, there's you, um, 
the qualities that you have. There's kind of this person that you're dating and the qualities that they have. And then there's this plant in the middle that you two are together as a partnership, um, hoping to flourish and grow. And I used to focus so much on the other person and kind of that would overshadow the plant. Meaning, you know, I would think about the person, um, think about, you know, what, um, you know, are they like career driven? Are they funny? Are they this, this or that? Like kind of you name the quality. Um, and, and you can be a great person, but be really bad at like watering the plant or like never give the plant sunshine or, um, and then there are other times where um, it would be kind of flipped where someone could be showing up to the connection. They could be really good at checking in on text or um, showing up, but there wasn't necessarily that attraction on the other side. So um, the five elements and kind of focusing on the five elements was a big shift for me where um, I remember early on, I used to always kind of say to you like, oh, like I left the date being like, I, I'm not sure if I'm into this guy. Like, I, I don't know if I'll ever know if I'm into someone. And I, I feel like I, I never am really that into someone. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning I was kind of hoping to leave dates, whether it was the first date, the second, third, or like all the way up to the fifth with this like, sh- you know, 100% sureness mm-hmm. of whether or not this person was right. Um, and I think implicit was that was avoiding the downside of dating, meaning avoiding the potential that I could get hurt or I could be vulnerable and that it quote unquote wasn't worth it because this person wasn't going to be my lifelong partner, for example. (laughs) Um, So kind of wanting this like hurried answer of, is it worth kind of opening up emotionally? Mm -hmm. Um, And instead it was kind of this shift where you had told me like, just lean into the, I don't know, like you might date someone for eight weeks and there's still going to be a lot of things you don't know. Like you don't know how this person could be like with your friends or with your family, or you don't know, you know, in X situation, like there's no way to be a hundred percent sure. Um, and it's ultimately about kind of day to day, like you plant that seed. You don't know if it's going to be an oak tree or like, you know, a fleeting flower, you know, spring flower. Um, And there, you know, that plant will kind of grow and you'll get an idea sort of as it starts to grow um, what it's starting to look like. But ultimately, you you don't know. And kind of leaning into the space um, was something that was incredibly helpful for me. Like, I can just give you an example of, you know, a big shift that I had. I remember early on when I was dating someone um, and, you know, it was heading towards the holidays in December. And I was wor- really worried about like, oh, well, this person's going away for Thanksgiving. And then when we come back, like he's going to go away again in December. And, you know, I-, I tend to think that dating requires like this pacing and you you lose momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then kind of fast forward to, I remember around February, I was also starting to date someone and I was going away for two weeks. And um, I... I at that moment in February, I was like, good, I'm going in for two weeks. And I, I want to see how this guy shows up. Like, I want to see how he takes care of the plant. Like, I was kind of excited to see that. And so that shift of um, kind of anxiously trying to grasp a connection and control it and um, make it into something kind of dissipated. And it was more into leaning towards I don't know, or the feelings based um, kind of dating. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that was definitely something that made dating ultimately more fun for me because I was ultimately kind of giving up this like iron grip and like, I need an answer now mm-hmm. type of mentality. Yeah. And what I'm also hearing there is just the shift from who do I need to be for him? And, um, like the girlfriend audition that you were talking about before to how's this guy going to show up? Yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah. a fun place to be. Um, <laughs> yeah. So a lot of us are not even considering that. And that is part of the, I don't know. And, um, also kind of goes into that concept of dating turbulence where challenges come up in dating connections and you can never mm-hmm. predict what they'll be. Sometimes it's like, Hey, I just met you and I'm going away for two weeks and that's dating turbulence. Like it's um, a slight challenge for that connection. And then rather than going into this extreme fear of what are we going to do or what's he going to do? um, We can rest in the, I don't know and curiosity about what, what this connection can withstand and how both people are able to show up for the connection. And ultimately trusting that the right connection can withstand any of the dating turbulence that comes up and all of those challenges that are thrown at the connection. And I think kind of along a similar thread of sort of mini dating turbulence and kind of along the concept of girlfriend audition, um, one thing that I realized about myself was um, I remember early on, I was like, okay, I've gotten over this whole girlfriend audition type thing where Um, in the past, especially my first or second dates, I would kind of put on this like dazzling show and be like this pinnacle of what I thought a woman should be on a first date at at the kind of um, sacrifice of whether or not I was having fun or actually enjoying myself or getting the questions that I wanted answered. Um, And early on, I was like, wow, this is a huge um, hurdle that I've gotten over where I stopped doing that. And I started just kind of showing up to a date, like bringing my full self to that date, being authentically myself. Um, But I realized that another way that the girlfriend audition was showing up was that um, kind of when I would get five to six dates in with a guy and, um, you know, you're starting to get to know each other more intimately, I would be kind of scared to ask the questions that I wanted or or give the feedback that I wanted in terms of maybe asking someone for um, more time. Um, Like I remember at one point, there was a guy that I was dating where he had a very difficult work schedule, which I can totally, um, you know, empathize and sympathize with. But it kind of got to a point where, you know, he would um, only be available for like FaceTime dates, but then like go to the gym at night. And I kind of was like, something's not adding up here. And I think in the past, sort of as that thread of girlfriend audition, I would be um, more willing to kind of go along with it because it would it would save me from asking an uncomfortable question and maybe getting an uncomfortable answer or um, asking, you know, what I perceive to be too much, like being too demanding to my partner. Um, but instead, you know, kind of shifting towards something that's more um, like, you know, individualistically focused in terms of dating, meaning what, what, what am I needing in this connection? What, am, what do I feel like I'm lacking? Um, what can I communicate to my partner to kind of make that known and, and then see how they step up and if they do kind of um, make that effort in the connection. Um, and I think, you know, the best question that you ever asked me for me to kind of get into that mindset was, um, you know, ask yourself, how can I be more courageous in this moment rather than asking, how can I make this easier? Um, mm-hmm. Because I certainly approach dating with the mindset of, 
trying to make this as easy as possible. Meaning, you know, in the past, I'd, I try to operate in a way that I would never get rejected, never get hurt. Um, you know, always have the other person like me, no matter how much my needs maybe weren't getting that or I was lacking something from my partner. Um, and, and I often found that when I asked myself, like, hey, in this moment, how can I be more courageous? The answer was so much more apparent of like what I should do, how I should speak up, um, if a connection was really serving me or if I should kind of move on. So that's definitely something that I continue to ask myself kind of throughout my whole dating journey. Yeah. And under that same idea of courage in dating, one thing that we were talking about before as well is being both confident and vulnerable in dating. (laughs) What does that balance look like? Because most people think those are two completely separate things. Like you're either confident or you're vulnerable, like you're strong or you're weak. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what does it look like to be both confident and vulnerable in dating? Yeah, so I definitely subscribed to the other view in the past, meaning I thought being a better dater was like never feeling scared, never feeling anxious, never feeling insecure. And ultimately what you've kind of taught me over the past several months is that, you know, being, um, a quote unquote good dater or kind of showing up to the connection is a lot of times vulnerability. Um, but that when you are vulnerable, um, there's like this empowering sort of dynamic that comes with it. And that's definitely something that I hadn't experienced before because I thought like confidence was just never feeling scared or insecure. And so I used to think that I was a confident dater because I never put myself in a situation to ever kind of like doubt or lose control of the situation. Mm -hmm. Um, So an example of sort of when I felt empowered, um, but vulnerable and, and, you know, sort of anxious at the same time was, you know, going back to that example of the guy that I had been dating who um, ultimately like didn't seem to have the time, but then showed up in many great ways. Like he like brought me cupcakes on my birthday, like, you know, was very sweet, but ultimately didn't seem to, um, prioritize like spending time with a partner, which is certainly something that I would prioritize. Um, I was kind of starting to fall back into, you know, I wasn't really speaking up, like starting to kind of resent him. And finally I was like, I, I have a need and I should voice it. And so I kind of drafted up like a few different questions that I wanted to ask him, um, you know, just in the sense of like, hey, I just noticed that, you know, you have a very difficult work schedule, which I totally understand. Um, you know, just curious, like, how has it worked in the past with relationships? How have you been able to balance like spending time at work and then seeing friends, family and, you know, someone that you're dating. And I know that these seem like very simple things, but it's just something that I would never have um, really demanded in the past. I would have just kind of gone along with what makes the other person most comfortable. Mm -hmm. And ultimately what happened is um, he kind of opened up and um, I think he was in a situation where he was very sorry and and kind of said like, you know, work's just going to be crazy for the next several months. We're trying to hire people. I'd love to stay in touch. Like I totally understand where you're coming from. And ultimately the most um, kind of empowering thing to do was that I kind of stated my needs and and ultimately decided, um, you know, to kind of like walk away from the connection. And and I left it at, um, you know, like let let me know if you ever, you know, get more free time, like would love to connect then. Um, And 
while I was kind of sad and, and sort of even nervous when I asked these questions, I ultimately felt like, hey, I'm driving this connection in the direction that I want to go. I'm honoring my gut. I'm honoring, you know, what I need in this connection. And um, each of those steps, you know, this is just like a mini example, but like every time I do something like that, drives me to be like the woman that I want to be when I think about who I am um, in the dating process. Mm. I had another client on the podcast and that's like her whole thing. And I know when she listens to this, she's going to be like, yeah, like being the woman you want to be. I think I listened to that one on repeat. Like I think she's the one that says like right before a date, she like writes out, um, you know, what are my goals? Like I want to show up as the woman I want to be. And like, I definitely do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And so a few things that I caught on to there with that balance between confidence and vulnerability, that is how I would summarize dating without playing games. Right, because like you were attractive in that situation because you were confident enough to honor yourself and what you need in that connection, but vulnerable enough to communicate that in a kind and clear way. Right. So if you were actually feeling like if you were more in an insecure state of mind, that's where the game playing comes in, where we just ignore them. (laughs) or Mm -hmm. we just like push them away or then we just fill up our schedule and pretend to be really busy. It's like, Oh, you want to hang out? Well, I can't, you know? So that doesn't end up coming from a place of confidence and vulnerability. And then you have this game playing dynamic that goes on for months, but it was never the connection that you wanted in the first place. Um, So I think that's such an important balance of confidence to honor what you need and be the person that you want to be and vulnerability to take a courageous step and communicate those things in an attractive way to the people that you're dating. And so lastly, one of the beliefs that you developed in dating was that men do want relationships. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) When did that like start taking hold in your mind as like a real thing in real life? (laughs) Oh, I think it, I think it took, implicitly sometime. Um, I remember, I remember just noticing that I no longer had this resistance. I can't really tell you when that shift happened, but kind of just walking through um, what that looked like. Like, I remember just going on the apps and thinking, I I have to like, put on this show to convince a man to go on a date with me. Like, I have to be so witty on these dating apps. Like, it's going to take so much effort and kind of underlying that thought was like, why does this have to be so hard? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think one of the fun things that you challenged us to do in the group was to kind of um, ask for a video date, like as soon as you felt comfortable, like meaning, you know, just maybe exchange a few different lines and just say like, hey, like, you know, I don't, I don't love like chatting too long on these dating apps. Like I usually feel more chemistry with a video, like with a fun video date. Um, would you like to like grab a drink and, and chat sometime and keeping it light and simple. And, um, one of the things that you had, um, kind of said as well was that I remember kind of going into the holidays last year, I'd said, um, you know, I feel like it's going to be so hard to like get a date with a guy, you know, people are going home for Christmas or, you know, whatever holiday it is in December. And 
um, you're kind of like, well, then why do you think that they're on the dating app? Like they're on there for a reason. And now I'm like, oh, of course, like if they're on the dating app, like they're looking to make a connection. Um, and particularly for the right men. And you, you use the metaphor of like, when you even think about running a business, like your goal isn't to just mass market to like everyone, right? Like your, your goal is to kind of market to the right people, like the right clients who are attracted to you back. And, um, you know, ultimately I, I kind of got over that feeling of, um, feeling like I need to like trick a man into a relationship. And this definitely goes back to that thread of being too scared to like ask for what I wanted or being too, um, you know, you know, wanting to be like that girlfriend audition. Um, once I kind of switched to men want relationships and a lot of that just became like evidence-based as, you know, I went along with your challenges in terms of like asking for that video date soon on, or just make, you know, continuing along that journey of just making that one date per week. Um, sometimes it was more, sometimes it was less, but, you know, just kind of continuing along that consistency of one date a week. I was like, of course, men want relationships. <laughs> like, in fact, I could give you like a few evidence, you know, a few examples where um, men wanted relationships with me and I, I didn't want a relationship back with that particular person. And so um, that was definitely something that switched and gave me more confidence in terms of, you know, in, in a few different arenas, whether that was just my belief of, hey, it's easy to make a, at least one date a week, um, which was something I did not believe in the past, mm -hmm. or two, um, you know, willingness to be vulnerable and show up to a connection as my full self, um, because I no longer felt like I had to be this perfect person for a man to want a relationship with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, and that's so huge. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, that that idea of, I don't have to trick a man into a relationship. <laughs> and I think it's so funny because most people don't realize they are thinking that. Like they like logically we think like yeah, I see people in relationships, I want a relationship and I want to create a relationship, but we're not realizing that beneath the surface we have this belief that guys don't actually want a relationship. You always have to like convince them or like push them into it a little bit which mm -hmm. is not the case men are humans men have the same fundamental human needs as all people which is deep like being deeply known and loved and mm -hmm. a relationship is the best way to have that need met so obviously men want relationships it's the best thing ever <laughs> um so Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. And is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners of the podcast or maybe with your past self from a few months ago before you started the program? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, I think kind of in its simplest forms, like I, I guess looking back at my past self, I used to put dating on this pedestal and just get overwhelmed by um, either wanting to be on a timeline or thinking like, hey, I, I want a quick fix as much as quick as possible um, and kind of being binary in the sense of being intensely in the dating game or intensely out of it. And I think, you know, at its basic forms, definitely one thing that I'll take away from you is like at the end of the day, dating is just like, you know, going for one connection a week, dating, mm -hmm. uh, creating one date a week, that consistency and 
recognizing that dating is ultimately not linear, which was certainly something that was more difficult for me to kind of understand in terms of like, believing that if I just dated a lot, it would work. Um, but kind of recognizing that dating is this sort of it's this process of like, you open yourself up, you be vulnerable, you let a connection grow, you lean into the I don't know, you try to be as courageous as possible. And ultimately, there are times where, you know, connections will end, and you'll have disappointment, and you'll get hurt. Sometimes you'll be anxious, sometimes you'll be confident. But it is this kind of like iterative process where um, you have the vulnerability and the confidence to sometimes end the connection and move on to another. Um, and I think one of the, one of another favorite thing that you told me was, you know, don't bring the baggage of past dates to your new dates. Um, kind of, I love when you're like, I immediately just forget the last guy and, <laughs> and you kind of like start with a clean slate. Like I, I love that concept because, or else you're kind of like showing up to this first date with like, years worth of like, oh, it didn't work out with all of these guys when it really doesn't need to be that way. So kind of just the basics of, you know, the dating, the dating process and um, kind of allowing yourself to go on this like self development journey in terms of the way that you view dating in your life. Yes, just forget the last guy. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, that's a really important point because a lot of women will share with me, Amber, it's been 10 dates or 30 dates. I'm like, what are you keeping count of? Like, right. literally the last 30 dates has nothing to do with the next date because that's a completely new person. And yes. you don't want to bring that last person that it wasn't a good fit with and then like change your perception of yourself or of men and then go on another date we always have to work on renewing our mindset like before we go on the next date so that we're not bringing all of that with us so that's amazing thank you so much for sharing that and thank you so much for being part of the group and coming on the podcast today Thank you, Amber. I'm so grateful for everything that I've learned from you over the past several months and just my own growth. I'm just so proud of and um, I'm just so happy to have worked with you and, and found you.